the World Nomads podcast bonus episode. Hear amazing nomads sharing their knowledge, stories and experience of world travel. Welcome to this episode of the World Nomads podcast featuring not one but two amazing nomads, Mark and his very well-travelled pooch, Maya. My name is Kim and Phil, are you actually aware that pet travel is on the rise? 37% of pet owners in the US in 2018 travelled with their pets. Now, that's up from 19% 10 years ago. That's an amazing number. It is. It's really great. Look, and I know that it's, you know, pet-friendly hotels, pet-friendly taxis, you take them on subways. You can even take them into restaurants in some places as well. Of course, they have their own beaches, parks, and even pet relief areas and facilities inside airport terminals to accommodate all that. But look, after Mark's father passed away suddenly in 2014, he uh, he decided he needed to make every day count and fulfil his dream of exploring North America. What a great ideal. There was just one complication. <laughs> He'd taken over the responsibility of bringing Maya, his father's white German shepherd, into his own family. Was it his father's or did he just get, get the have the dog? I think he got the dog. He got the dog. Oh, he got the dog. Yeah. Ju- right. He got the dog and then he's just taken it very seriously. And no. All right. It clearly didn't stop him. Since starting their adventure, their story has become quite the popular one with over 40,000 people following their adventures through Instagram, Facebook and YouTube, obviously links in show notes. But rather than us tell the story, let's actually hear about it from Mark. What happened was uh, it was actually my 30th birthday. Uh, We'd all been out for drinks. Uh, We'd gone out for dinner. We were walking back to our accommodation, which was, I don't know, probably four or five hundred metre walk from where we'd been. Uh, we got back. I was talking to him along the way. Got back. Within a couple of minutes, my mum said to me, where's your dad? I said, I've got no idea. Sort of like he was just behind us a couple of minutes ago. Uh, went looking for him and found him dead on the bathroom floor after a massive heart attack. And it... It really highlighted to me, and people always talk about it, but it really highlighted how you just never know when you're not going to get another opportunity. There was just no warning whatsoever. He wasn't complaining of being ill or or anything like that. Um, and he'd been planning a trip around Australia for about 15 years. He was two years off starting that trip, and he never got to do it. And for me, it really highlighted that I needed to actually live my dreams now um, as opposed to saying I'll get to it down the track because I'd been saying that I wanted to go to Canada since I was 16 years old. I used to play uh, hockey and always wanted to skate on a frozen lake um, or river. And for me, at that point in time, it was all about saving and preparing for the future. And I, I had to work and build my career and and I had girlfriends at the time and and all these other things that were stopping me from traveling and going overseas. Um, But I always said that, oh yeah, I want to get to Canada at some point. And sadly what happened with dad, just uh, it was the wake up call that I had to do it then and there. Um, But for me, I had Maya. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, Maya is uh, my white German shepherd. And at the time, she was, uh, I don't know, maybe about four years old, um, and I'd chosen to bring her into my family. Um, I'd chosen to take on that responsibility. She didn't have any choice about that. So I just felt I couldn't leave her behind for two years um, whilst I went off and, and travelled um, because 
realistically for her, I was all she had. So I decided to look into it and found that I could actually travel uh, from Australia over to North America with a dog. Um, A lot of people told me it wasn't possible, but it turns out it was. And we just started planning a trip over there. And from what I could tell, there wasn't a lot of information out there, um, but it was definitely possible and I really wanted to do it. And there was no question that you would leave your dog like many people do with with a a family member, your mum as an example? Look, my mum definitely wouldn't have had a bar of it, in all honesty. Um, so she, she's got her own dog and she lives in a very small house. And Maya, being a German Shepherd, is quite a large dog. She would have said to me that I'd chosen to take on that responsibility. Now I, I need to sort of actually be responsible. Yeah, I, I had travelled once before with Maya, or without Maya, I should say, um, for about a month when I went to Europe many years ago. And um, she just didn't really handle it so well as well. Um, so for me, it was it was really that decision that I needed to make sure that her welfare was sort of looked after just as much as the fact that I had that responsibility that I couldn't really palm off to other people. So where do you start? Because dogs don't have passports, right? <laughs> well, actually, they do over in Europe, oh, no. believe it or not. Really? Um, but, but yeah, they do. They do. Uh, you've got a pet passport over there. But from Australia, no, you, you're correct. They don't have pet passports in Australia. You dress her up in a hat and glasses and did a, a weekend at Bernie's with an extra <laughs> seat on the plane, or what did you do? Well, well, I thought I'd just throw her in the back of the suitcase <laughs> and, and fly her over that way. But, no, um, in all seriousness, uh, I jumped online and I, I came across a, a pet transport company by the name of Jet Pet. Um, and there's a few others out there, and I, I spoke to them, but in the end, Jet Pets seemed to be able to provide me with the most information and, and made me feel most comfortable. Uh, so when, when I spoke to them, they recommended flying over there with Air Canada um, because Air Canada offered non-stop flights from the east coast of Australia to to North America or to, to Vancouver. Um, and when traveling with a pet, that's a really important thing because it's those transit points where where they're getting loaded and unloaded from the train that, that is probably going to cause them the most stress. We've always, like everyone's had one of those uh, bad luggage experiences where you've had that really uh, quick changeover and your luggage has gone missing. The last thing I needed was for my dog to go missing. So... Yeah, having that service with Air Canada that flew direct from Australia to Vancouver was really important. And, and that all came from Jet Pets recommending that. Um, they also helped us uh, organise for Maya to get vaccinated against rabies because there's rabies over in Canada and the US. And, and all the veterinary uh, and import permits uh, that needed to be filled out. Um, and they just made it super easy. What about what about insurance? Because obviously, you know, you get vet bills with a dog when you're travelling. Were you able to get some sort of insurance for mine? That's something, and if World Nomads wanted to jump on, I'd love to <laughs> to come across that. Um, but that's the one thing that I I really struggled to find. And I looked, I had a, a big look for um, travel insurance for a pet. And at one point in time, I, I thought that she might have been able to be included as a, an item of personal property, but it just wasn't the case. I, I'm aware that 
there, there's race horses that always go off and, and travel and there's got to be some sort of insurance process uh, when it comes to that. I went off and spoke to a couple of brokers in regards to it and no one could actually give me an answer for a dog. But for the actual flight itself, uh, she wasn't insured, uh, but then once we got over to Canada and the US, then we got some um, pet insurance during that period of time for her. Like the logistics are incredible, and we've chatted recently to uh, Lucy Barnard, a fellow Australian, who is walking from yep. the very south of America to the very north of Alaska, Phil, yep. uh, with her dog, and then Aubrey Sweeney, an American comedian who um, travels from gig to gig in her RV with her dog and you know the biggest issues for Aubrey are finding restaurants or um, trailer parks that are dog friendly so even before you get to that stage there's a heap to think about. Yeah look in all honesty we really didn't find those sort of logistics that difficult so compared to Australia like North America is so pet friendly and pretty much everywhere we went there was pet friendly options. It's really interesting. Uh, North America varies so much depending where you are because every state in the U.S. is is almost like its little mini-owned country. When we were in Oregon last, I remember going to a restaurant and asking if, if their patio was pet-friendly and if I could eat out on the patio with Maya. And they said, it's cold outside. Why on earth would you eat outside? She's more than welcome to eat in the lounge with you in the restaurant. Uh, so that was in Oregon and very similar situation in California as well. But then there was other states and in Canada and British Columbia where it's just an absolute no-go that dogs are allowed anywhere near any food or beverage service area. So probably the biggest logistic issue over there is finding out what's relevant to each state um, because once you learn the rules for one state, it's completely different on the other side of the border, which can be a couple hour drive. Did Maya enjoy the travel? Did the dog enjoy the travel? Look, definitely. Um, and I think, honestly, for her, uh, she she just wanted to be included. Um, she didn't care where we went. Uh, she just didn't want to get left behind. And we went off and we did some absolutely fantastic things. Um, so we went uh, canoeing together. We went whitewater rafting. We went mountain biking. We'd go uh, backcountry skiing and snowboarding. We went snowshoeing to frozen waterfalls. She, she had an absolute fantastic time. I would say probably her favorite thing uh, was the mountain biking. Uh, she she just loves being able to run behind me sort of when when I go riding down and um, the trails. Quite enjoyed the, the backcountry skiing and snowboarding. We'd, uh, I don't know, there was a mountain in Revelstoke that we'd quite regularly go to and we'd climb up about 800 metres of vertical and ski down and and she had a lot of fun sort of doing that. Probably the one thing that for her, she had a little bit of a fear of water when we first started over there and we spent a lot of time building up her confidence and uh, slowly we, we introduced her to a, a canoe in, in a lake and when she got comfortable with that, then we moved into a kayak on on some slow moving water and eventually we we got her into the the whitewater or into the rafts in the uh the whitewater river to see her progress um from start to to finish there was actually a, a really it was really rewarding seeing how much she'd grown i'm not gonna lie uh like there was at, on that final trip there was moments she was probably looking at me going what have you got me in for <laughs> um because at the start we we 
videoed it all. And at the start, you can see she's looking around in the raft and she's got a big smile on her face, sort of watching us all paddle and just slowly going down the river. And then, then we hit the rapids and the raft's bouncing up and down and she's got this look of worry on her face like, and looking at me like, what's going on? And then after the uh, the water flattens out and, and calms down, uh, again, she's got a massive smile on her face. So I think she quite enjoyed the experiences and, and getting out there and seeing more of the world than just the backyard as well. People talk about how calm she is now. Um, I think it's because she's gone off and done so much. So, so when she walks down the street or goes into a shopping centre or or a hotel or meets a whole heap of new people, nothing's overly exciting anymore because she's been there and done all that. How did you go booking into a room? Where did, did How does that work? Yeah, look, um, so we utilise TripAdvisor a lot, in all honesty, uh, to find pet-friendly accommodation because we found some of the other websites to be a little outdated, um, where TripAdvisor seemed to be the most accurate at the time. Um, but like I said before, pet-friendly accommodation over in North America, uh, and it might be a little bit different when it comes to campgrounds and, and trailer parks, but as far as hotels go, it's really, really easy to find. And they've very much embraced the, the pet-friendly market over there. So you'll get accommodation anywhere from two or three-star hotels where it's just a standard room all the way up to four- and five-star hotels. And we stayed at them all. Um, we, we stayed at some places where I was like, oh, I'm really glad mum doesn't know we're here. Uh, but then we also stayed at some places like the Four Seasons and the Fairmonts, uh, where believe it or not, they actually have doggy in-house dining menus. Um, so you can re- order room service for your dog. And I think at one stage, Maya had like a meatloaf, maybe the Fairmont. She had, uh, I think it was salmon, asparagus and eggs for breakfast. Which wine went with that? <laughs> well, she, she's only six and a half years old. Oh, so she's not, not old the... enough to drink at this time. <laughs> well, she's done in six and a half years over 80,000 kilometres through Canada, the USA, and you even went into Mexico for a day. You're back home in Australia now. Have you both got itchy feet? We have a little bit. We've seen all these beautiful places overseas. Now we should actually see a little bit more of our own country. So we're uh, we're trying to put together a trip around uh, at least the west part of Australia because we'd like to meet some of the people that have been following us and and talking to us on social media in Australia and uh, being able to see some of our beautiful coastal spots as well. I was going to ask that. Is it like a community of pet travellers? It's definitely a growing thing. And we've been sharing uh, as much as many tips as what we can on our social media channels. And what we've found is by doing that, we've had a bit of a community grow around us. And if it wasn't for the people that had been talking to us on social media, there is so many different places that we would have missed out on. And that was one of the things that we started doing early on when we were traveling, was saying to people, we're heading to Moab, Utah. What do you recommend us doing? Because there isn't a lot of information specifically out there on the internet People have all these recommendations and they would say, make sure you go to the Corona Arch because it's outside of the national park. Dogs can go anywhere and uh, it's one of the most beautiful photogenic spots that you'll be able to see in that area. And it's things like that. If it wasn't for everyone sort of having that community and sharing that information that we just would have missed out on so much. Well, that is one well-travelled and well-loved pooch. Lucky dog. (laughs) (laughs) That dog has done more than I've done.
<laughs> hey, look, we've received an email as well talking of travelling with animals. Ron, who emailed us, he's um, sort of retired now with his wife and he's they're living a nomadic uh, life uh, and taking around their two dogs with them, a French bulldog and a Boston terrier, a bit smaller than a white German shepherd. Yeah. Uh, and it would, thanks very much for the email, Ron. It was great to hear about your travels and also have a little bit of a discussion about over-tourism. And, of course, if you want to contact us, we'd love to hear your stories of travelling with your pets too. So uh, given that's a really popular thing, let's start talking about it. Our email, podcast at worldnomads.com. In fact, Ron was saying that they travel on land because he can't find airlines for the dogs but there are going to be links in okay. show notes that and even tips from uh, from Mark that will help him I have to say the first time I travelled in Europe and somebody sat down next to me with a dog in a bag I was a bit surprised. Now, Mark mentioned Jet Pets, who helped him get Maya to Canada. Now, they provide complete door-to-door service from and to any destination in the world, covering Australia, New Zealand, Europe, Asia, Africa, North America and South America. So, Ron, that might help you. They've transported everything from dogs to tigers, and we'll have a link in show notes. But FYI, they do operate under the name of Pet Express in the US. Uh, Some of their most popular destinations, by the way, include South America, where cats and dogs must be microchipped or have the uh, registration tattoo. In Canada, pet culture requires owners to flush dog waste down the toilet rather than dispose of it in bins. While in Malaysia, certain breeds of dogs have got to have the muzzle on. Yep. Um, yeah, as I said, you can get the World Name Modes podcast from your favourite podcast app and please subscribe, share and tell your friends about us next week. A special episode as we investigate van life. See you then. Bye. Amazing nomads. Be inspired.